is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay snack challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, what's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here. Talking Rockets basketball, not the result we wanted to see tonight on opening night, but we're still going to have a fun time here at the Dream Take presented by the Dream Shake. Mike has the night off. He's off somewhere outside of the United States, and he's chilling like a villain. But here I have Mr. Ray Lucas here with me. We are live on Twitter and Facebook, so hello to those that are watching us live. Ray Tonight was not the Rockets' night, but how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Um, that game got out of hand a little, so it was not as entertaining as I'd like, but overall, basketball's back, so I, I'm just feeling great. Yeah, the NBA is back, and we're so excited to see it. Our Rockets are back, and I think most of the disappointment with tonight comes with there was all of that just momentum that the offseason brought, and we 
get this on on opening night after four months of waiting you know for or excuse me five months of waiting for our our new look rockets and and you know they get blown out tonight on the road mm-hmm. in a potentially winnable game obviously we don't know how minnesota is really going to fare this year we don't know how good we just made them look or if they are actually legit you know but what like the game started off and you could tell within the first like six to eight minutes that this was no contest tonight. But what was the first six or eight minutes looking like to you, Ray? What what went wrong tonight in that in that first stretch of the game? Yeah, so I think it's kind of the stuff that we've been harping on leading into the season. How there was no no signature defender on the floor, at least for now. And uh, we were hoping that maybe Jay Sean Tate would be at least able to hinder Anthony Edwards, and that did not happen tonight. Um, so I think it was like just a combination of not really having that defensive anchor. And then on the offensive end, just having a bunch of guys who are trying to get used to things. Um, Christian Wood, he was he missed a lot of games. So now he's coming back to like basically a whole new starting lineup outside of Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. trying to keep those like keep getting better at the point guard position. And we've seen how sloppy he was. And then Jalen Green just making his NBA debut. He looks a lot skinnier <laughs> than he did in summer league once you get to those like bigger NBA, those regular rotation NBA guys. Yeah, the Rockets, the Rockets met some uh, some big boys tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. And and the thing is, the Wolves are a very young team as well. So that is another another like facet of this game. You know, the, the Wolves tonight, give them props. They they came out with the energy necessary to win the opening night game. Carl Anthony Towns, 30 and 10. He, he had, was accompanied by Anthony Edwards, 29 for him in his sophomore season debut. D'Angelo Russell also looked pretty good tonight, 22 points for him. He went four of eight from the three-point line. As a team, Minnesota, Minnesota made 16 threes, and the Rockets made just 11. So the thing with the offense tonight is, is this is obviously a work in progress. Yeah. But this I, – I think you and I can agree – Ray, that this maybe we thought maybe they were a little bit further along than what we saw tonight, but it is the first game of the season. Let's let's give our guys a little bit of slack. Yeah, I think, you know, we're so excited about the potential and how guys might end up looking down the road that we kind of sped past the fact that, you know, like I was mentioning, Kevin Porter Jr. is playing a whole, getting used to a new position. Jalen Green, he hasn't ever played in an NBA game except for, well, an actual NBA game except for tonight. And so I think it was like just excitement. And sometimes when you get excited, you can kind of start to overlook certain things. And Minnesota just came out and played like they knew that the Rockets are not a team that they should lose to. They came out and played like a playoff team, to be completely honest with their uh, just defensive intensity. I felt like everything was just way higher energy than Houston was giving. And that's why it got out of hand so quickly. They played like they wanted to win tonight. Mm-hmm. And and the Rockets didn't, and I hate that I hate to say that, but the Rockets just did not want it as much as the Wolves did tonight. And and games like this, you know, when it's a, I feel like when games are, you know, like a, a five point game, like like small things like that, like like the Celtics Knicks tonight, like when it's uh-huh. double overtime, like those games are decided by you know players executing at the right moments at the right time. But yeah. when you lose by as much as the Rockets did, and and what 104, 124, 
106 does not do the score justice. You know, the fourth quarter, the Rockets were able to, you know, cut that deficit to 10 or cut that deficit by 10. They, they ended up outscoring the Wolves 35-25 in the fourth quarter in, in absolute garbage time. But, you know, I, I got to blame Steven Silas here. I, I got to I've, – I've been higher on Steven Silas than anybody. And for those that have followed us, you know, through the last year and a half, know that. And I was disappointed tonight with, with Silas, and I think he did not have his guys ready tonight as, as much as they should have been. And I think to I was also disappointed, but for a different reason, I think, well, to go along with that reason. But I also think for a team that's rebuilding, I feel like a rebuild is all about experimenting. And it was clear early and it got more clear as the game went on that Houston's guys just weren't given the energy needed to win the game. So I think that's when you go and see if Armani Brooks can come up and like pop off a couple threes and maybe get you guys some momentum or get those younger guys involved because um, obviously, you know, if it's like a pivotal game, you don't want to get too far away from the rotation. But I mean, when you're down by 20, like very quick into the game, I feel like it doesn't hurt. Like what the worst that could happen is you go down by more. But at the end of the day, a loss is a loss, a blowout. It doesn't matter how many points you get blown out by a blowout is a blowout. So I would like to see him go into the bench a little more. Yeah. So. Another thing too is starting this game, and another person I've got to I've got to at least criticize here is is Kevin Porter, and I hate this because this is our guy Ray. Like you mm-hmm. and I are probably as high on Kevin Porter as anybody in this in in Red Nation. Uh, yeah. I've got a comment here from Neil on Facebook. He says uh, KPJ is not going to be a real point guard. Rockets going to need a true one. Move KPJ to the two. Jalen Green to the three. Wood to the four. Shangun at the five. John Wall could have been good for the team at point guard. Well, we just have to trust the process and be patient and hope for the best for this team on to the next. So that's that's the thing. John Wall is not walking through that door. Nope, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not a chance. So, so here's here's the thing with that. You know, it is one game, and Kevin Porter looked terrible tonight. He'll probably be the first to tell you that. I think mm-hmm. he's probably taking this pretty uh, – I, I mean, he's probably taking this pretty seriously. Nine turnovers tonight is not what you need from your point guard. And I think, you know, there could have been some first game jitters. There could have just been like a, a shock to the system. Like, you know, oh, I'm really here now. And, and now the thing is we know Kevin Porter can be that guy. We know he can be that dude. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think one game is way too quick to just say these things. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I see what Neil is saying. I, I can understand his thought process behind that. I just don't think one game with this group of guys is enough of a sample size to really figure out whether KPJ is a point guard or not. I think especially, you know, because look, one game is a fluke. Two games, even in an 82-game season, doesn't reflect much of a pattern. You know, like when in football, right? Like in football, there's 16, 17 games in a season. One game is a fluke. Two games, that's like, you know, that's 12% of your season. That's a pattern. Mm-hmm. But the Rockets, you got to get these guys at least a month or so to get these guys into a flow and, and to see where it's at. And then if, you know, Kevin Porter's averaging nine turnovers a game for the course of 10, 15 games, then you can be like, okay, like the, we need to try something new. But for right now, I think one game is just, it's not enough for me to immediately declare Kevin Porter is not a point guard. 
and this is what we were talking about uh, when we was recording for the pregame show. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be night, or yeah. the, the season preview. Yeah, um, that there's going to be just got to be a little bit patient because if you if we could go and look at tonight's game and say that Kevin Porter Jr. is not going to be a point guard, then you could also go and look at this game and say Jalen Green's not going to pan out to be the guy that we expect. You could go down the entire list of players and go off that. And I think it's just a lot of these guys are learning. I feel like, you know, uh, me and you were able to do certain things and people aren't able to see like the learning process, like whether it's writing or recording or doing all these things. But when it's these NBA players are always, everything we see is going to be on the floor. And so we're watching Kevin Porter Jr. learn how to be a point guard. We're watching him a little sloppy with the passes. And I think over time, it'll progress and he'll get a little better, but we just got to be a little patient because these guys are on TV every day. So their mistakes are going to be really easy to judge. And it's, it's easy to magnify things like that. And I think there's a lot of people that are quick off the cuff to, to diagnose things that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just too early. It's way too early at this point. And yes, you know, we spend all off season, you know, crafting up these opinions and, and thinking the best of these guys because they haven't shown us anything uh, on the contrary, they haven't given us a reason to distrust them. And this is the first time tonight in a, you know, very bad loss. Uh, that's the first sign of distrust with these guys being the guys moving forward. So I can understand why, why people might feel some type of way about this loss. Um, now here's, here's my thing. I do think, look, Steven Silas is also learning with this group uh, and he's learning how to use these guys. And I do think that tonight, although I wasn't, I don't think Jay Sean Tate being in the starting lineup was the problem. I know he was saying about how, you know, he was st- solid with the four, with with Porter, with Green, with Tyson, with Wood. And and I think Tate was the natural five. I think no one was really going to have an issue with Jay Sean Tate at the five. But I do think that there is going to be a fluid rotation, at least for the first you know, quarter of the season and really try to figure out what rotations work best. And I don't think that the rotations that Silas had tonight are the best possible rotations that he can get out of this team. Yeah, I'd agree. I think um, with Tate, it all come, for him, it comes down to really how well he's defending. And when guys are just out there scoring with these and it's it kind of hampers what you want to do because he's not the offensive threat and on a, on a night like tonight where they wasn't going to be able to stop Anthony Edwards because they just don't have that defender on the team right now and they're not going to be able to stop D'Angelo Russell, then that's when a guy like Eric Gordon helps you a little bit because you know it's going to be a shootout. And so I think it's going to be – we're going to see, like you are saying, a lot of rotations. Um, a lot of it's going to vary off of who – what team's coming into town or who Houston is playing against that night. But, yeah, I think tonight they, their lineup was just not well-suited for a shootout and – Minnesota's obviously was. And because Minnesota is an incredibly athletic team as well. You you turn the ball over. They turn the ball over, what, 24 times tonight? 24 mm-hmm. turnovers compared to 18 from the Timberwolves. So another, I mean, they turned it all, they turned it over just, you know, they didn't, they didn't keep the ball that well either. But when you have the game as fast as it is, and these guys don't have a whole lot of NBA experience in keeping up with that. That is something that is going to catch up to you. And on top of that, when you give the ball over and you have an athletic team like the Wolves, they'll beat you in transition. And that is why the game ballooned to as big of a lead as it did in the second half. That's why it became a 20-point game 
in this in the first half because they were giving up the ball casually and the Wolves were taking every opportunity to to get two points on the board. And that is how you that is the easiest way to lose games, Ray. That is the easiest way to lose games is to turn that ball over. When you have the ball in your hands, only you can score. You can't score if you don't have the ball. That's something my dad told me in a totally different sport back when I was like three Mm -hmm. or four years old. Mm -hmm. But it it reigns true here. You know, you cannot score if you don't have the ball. So keep the keep the damn ball. Keep Uh the damn ball. It's not as easy as it sounds, clearly. um, But I do think that that is the easiest way to lose a game. And that's why the Rockets lost this game tonight. And I think, you know, so people are going to hear us like really lean it on the Rockets throughout the year. But I think there's a couple of things that are always going to be inexcusable. And it's going to be having a high number of turnovers. Every team is going to turn the ball over, but not 24 times. That's that's pretty crazy. And then like the preseason missing free throws, it's just simple things like that is where no matter if you're rebuilding or you're a championship caliber team, those are things that you just don't want to do. It's where you beat yourselves before mm -hmm. the other team can beat you. And the thing with the Rockets is they have, they are one of, they are a very talented roster, but they are also compared to the rest of the NBA. They are not one of the most talented rosters and they need to be able to win the games. You know, they need to be able to not beat themselves. If they cannot beat themselves, if they can, you know, let the other team beat them. That's how you, like force the other team to beat you. And if you let the other team beat you because they're just that more talented and all that, fine. Throw your hands up in the air, give them their props, and then move on to the next game. But when you beat yourself, Ray, like the the Rockets, I don't necessarily know if, like let's say you take away, I don't know, let's take, let's say you cut the turnovers in half tonight. Let's say instead of 24, you have 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm trying to see how many points they got in transition. Or if fast break points, the Timberwolves had 31 fast break points tonight. That's a lot compared to 13 for the Rockets. So, yeah. And off turnovers, the Rockets actually, in a surprising turn of events, the Rockets had 38 points off turnovers compared to the Wolves, who had 21. So at least, so if let's you cut those turnovers in half, you have 12 turnovers, you cut the Timberwolves points in half, hypothetically speaking. Um, you know, obviously, there's no exact science to that, but let's say you let's say instead of 21, they have 11. You're looking at a 114-106 game. That is like that looks a lot better than, yeah. than uh, what the Rockets lost by tonight. And had they had they not turned the ball over as much, the game would not have been as wide open as it was for the second and the third quarter. And maybe you're actually playing basketball, like legitimate basketball in the second half. And those turnovers – um, against the Timberwolves, it caused you to get blown out. So imagine when they're playing against those elite teams, those championship contending teams. That's what the that's where the difference. It's a loss compared to an embarrassing loss. Or those like we've seen teams over the years get beat down by like 50 points, and that's why because they're turning the ball over, they're missing free throws, they're not communicating on defense, which is basically everything Houston did tonight. So if that's happening against Minnesota, then what's going to happen when you play against like the top teams in the West? Exactly. Or because I know they have the Lakers coming and not or i think the rockets are going to staples center and not too long it's just two games for yeah and so that's where it just starts to get ugly and you don't a loss is a loss but you don't want to get embarrassed that's the worst thing in sports yeah because this schedule gets rough to start the year after after the home opener on friday against oklahoma city they get boston dallas utah 
two games at the Lakers, at Phoenix, at Denver, at Golden State. That is already uh, eight straight games against teams that made it to at least the play-in series last year. And at le- and six of those are on the road. Mm-hmm. So, like, this could look ugly for the first part of the year. I hope we're not looking at this and saying, oh, well, we're 0-12 now. I, I hope – I think they'll pick up it. I hope they pick up at least one of these games. That, mm-hmm. That's cool. you don't want to you don't want to start like the Nets did, you know, back like almost ten years ago. I think like they were what zero and seventeen or something like that. Like yeah, I hope they're not, not in that. I hope mm-hmm. they're not in that territory. I really hope that they're not. Um, but they might be dangerously close to that. I'm afraid. Yeah, and I if think they feel like they did tonight. Then definitely, especially when they don't have that. I feel like this was a night where Christian Wood can step up and just start taking those shots because Benton, you need someone to take those shots. And Jalen Green was taking them, but he's making his NBA debut. So you don't necessarily want that. But Christian Wood, I feel like he was effective when he was aggressive, but I don't feel like he was aggressive enough throughout the night. And I know that Minnesota, they played, like we said, they played some great, they played playoff level defense, but it's still, if you want to be that guy, if you want to be that max contract guy, that franchise guy, you need to go out and be aggressive. And if you're missing, you're missing, but you're still, giving your team the best opportunity. Yeah, and Minnesota's got something to prove this year. They're, they're a group that's been together now for a few years, and they finally have, like, they're all healthy now. And I hope they stay healthy because that team can be really good if they can, you know, stay healthy and, and get things right. I don't think tonight was just, oh, they were playing the Rockets. That's why they are playing so well. I think this team is going to hold its own against some of the other teams. I think they – I looked at Chris Finch's record – that when he got there, they were 16 and 25 under Chris Finch. And their whole record last year, if I'm not mistaken, they were after, I mean, they got better that second half of the year. Remember, they were like they were supposed to get their lottery pick, but then um they played they played out of it because they played so well at the end. Um, but like overall last year they were 23 and 49. So they were 16 and 25 under Chris Finch. They were seven and twenty-four without him. So now that they have a full season under his belt, that's something that Logan talked about on the last podcast about how Chris Finch having a full offseason with this team is really going to make a difference. And I don't think that tonight was, you know, the same old pathetic Timberwolves like like Ryan saying. I really don't feel that way at all. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think it's it's really hard to call other teams pathetic when you know the Rockets just did what they did tonight. So I, it's really it's really like don't cast the stones when you're in the glass house. Um, yeah. So at this point, uh, you know, we just have to like we can't walk into any game and think we're going to win the game. In fact, we're probably thinking we're not. Um, but the Rockets will surprise some teams this year once the turnovers are limited. Once the team gets a little bit more comfortable with each other, they're going to be a trap game for some teams, and some teams are going to fall for that trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, just going back to what you said about Minnesota, I think you know when teams struggle for a long time we start to look at them a certain way. And on if you look at Minnesota on paper, they should be really good, obviously not going to end up in the finals. But, I mean, when you look at D'Lo and Anthony Edwards and the Carl Anthony Towns and then they're starting McDaniels and they just – their roster is just super well built. And so when you look at them on paper, you're like, oh, of course the Rockets got blown out in that game because look at their team. Like they have Cat who was just dominant. And, you know, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. The name, when you say it, it doesn't, like, really ring a bell with winning or anything like that. But that team is not what they've been. So I agree with, your, with what you're saying about, like, the same pathetic old Timberwolves because 
obviously they're really talented as we've seen. Um, but then, yeah, I think the Rockets definitely can shock some teams. I'd like to see Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green both play above the rim a little bit, maybe not trying to like dunk on everybody, but I feel like there were times when they were like settling for just trying to go reverse under the basket or just, um, I think Kevin Porter Jr. A lot of times when he was driving, he was like looking to pass more so than looking for a shot. And that becomes super easy to read. And that's why it's so sloppy. Cause when you let that ball go, they all know it's going, it's going to somebody. All you have to do is jump a lane and so yeah, once they get those turnovers cut down and just really are able to get more possessions and play in a half court and let their talent show, then I think they'll sneak in a couple wins and they'll be better than what we've seen tonight. But it starts with the turnovers. Let's talk about the fourth quarter unit because that is a positive tonight. I feel like we've we've dogged the Rockets enough. We're not really going to get mm-hmm. much else much else out of it. Um, but you know the the fourth quarter unit, which was. Um, which like it was it was garbage time at that point. That was um, Josh Christopher, Armani Brooks, Usman Garuba, KJ Martin, and then I believe who was that fifth guy? Um, I'll pull yeah. it up right now. Yeah, but like those guys are all high energy guys, and they needed they need some of that in the middle of they need that throughout the game, not just you know your four and David Nawaba. Yeah, David Nwaba was on the on the floor as well, I guess, for, mm-hmm. for, for that. Yeah, that's but, right, because he had that really nice dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you look at this, like all of those guys are all high-energy guys, and they played like they, you know, they played like they were down, clearly. Um, but we need that energy kind of infused in the rest of the team. You know, Shane says, I want to see KJ and Armani get run earlier, especially Armani, his shooting is needed badly for – floor spacing on the team part of the turnovers is poor floor spacing and you know i couldn't have said it better myself um you definitely could see that and and i was i was surprised that kj martin didn't get more run tonight um you know i understand you can only play five guys at a time but like the fact that kj wasn't even the top nine i I just i don't know about that fully now maybe and and you look at and i say that now and i'm like okay well jeremy if you if you think KJ should be in that top nine, who should come out? And that's another thing too, is I don't necessarily have a guy that I would, you know, really take minutes away from Eric Gordon. I mean, maybe, but Eric Gordon was their best player tonight, arguably. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to, to really diagnose like one specific person to take out of this rotation. I mean, but also, you know, they, he, like Steven Silas is not married to play nine guys. He can play 10, play 11. Yeah. And I think that, you know, maybe that's something he'll learn and he'll he'll adapt with. I understand that nine is like standard and it's what most teams do and all that. And some guys go eight even. We saw like Indiana went mostly eight tonight. Um, and there were some teams that went 10, like the Timberwolves. Timberwolves went 10 guys for most of the night. So I think that Silas has to find ways to get KJ and Armani on the floor. And, you know, we can't just accept the fact that, okay, it's nine guys and everyone else, you know, go home. I, yeah. I, I can't, I cannot accept that because, you know, having KJ and Armani there, you know, it could have limited some of the turnovers. It could have, you know, helped the floor spacing a little bit more. And, you know, also like Daniel House didn't play tonight. Like is Daniel House going to be in there at some point? And he's, is he going to take away minutes from a guy like a, like a KJ or an mm-hmm. Armani? And, and that's a good problem to have that you have a bunch of guys that you really want to play and they only have five, five guys on the floor at a time. But like, 
KJ and Armani are the future of the team. You sign Armani Brooks to a four-year contract. You sign, you know, KJ Martin is in his second year, and he, he showed such promise towards the first half of the year, or excuse me, the second half of the year last season. So uh, Steven Silas, I'm glad I'm not in his position because it's a difficult one uh, to, to really figure out, but something's got to change. Yeah, and I think, like, what you're getting at is that we'd rather see – like not just a set rotation going into the game and like, okay, these guys are the guys who are going to play and these are the guys who are going to come in at this certain point. I think we'd rather see minutes rewarded by performance. And if guys aren't getting it done, then take them out and try Armani Brooks or try KJ Martin because, I mean, it's what do they have to lose? I feel like this is the year where you find out about how what guys might do, what they might bring to the table. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. was saying that Armani Brooks is the best shooter he's ever seen in his life. And if he's giving him praise like that, then I feel like he can come in and at least try to make a difference in the deficit because they weren't getting a, they weren't, they didn't have a guy tonight that was just getting up consistent threes and that constant threat. And Minnesota had that with Anthony Edwards. And obviously they didn't need like a three point specialist with that. But I think when you get down, that's what you really need. And he, Shooters are the type of people who you bring them into the game when you're losing and they could start to trim the lead and then maybe take them out, get a quick breather, and then put them back in and see what they can do. And I think that's where it just gets super frustrating. And then they didn't have a lot of rim protection tonight, but as we've seen, KJ Martin can do that. He's also looked good shooting the corner three and from the wing area. So it's it's basically, I understand. Um, I mean, I'm not a coach, so I don't fully understand, but I understand wanting to stick to your rotation and I understand wanting to kind of script things out. But when things start going, when things aren't going to plan, you can't just stick to that plan. You have to try to change it up. And I feel like that's what they didn't do tonight. Yeah, you know, I guess to kind of wrap this all up in a bow, tonight sucked, I Uh think. I don't want want to sugarcoat this, even Mm -hmm. though, like, because the thing is with me and Ray, like, we're both kind of on the same wavelength where we're very patient, all that. And if Mike were here, Mike would have, you know, totally just took in like 50 feet of crap and put mm-hmm. it on the rock tonight. Um, but, and Mike will be doing that throughout the season, I'm sure. Um, but at the same time, too, it is one game. There are 81 more. That's 81 more opportunities. And who knows? They could go 81 and one. Probably not going to happen, but, you know, they could still have the best record in NBA history. We just don't know that. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and even if they don't go 81 and one, I mean, this team, is you know we we did get some good takeaways tonight even even though they were small and even though we probably got a lot more negative than positive we did get a lot we did get something to take with us to the next game to use and with oklahoma city coming to town on friday you know god bless those parking uh those parking people in downtown houston on friday because they got the rockets home opener they got the astros game six to deal with it's going to be busy in downtown Houston on Friday. So if you are going to ALCS game six, or if you are going to the Rockets home opener, uh, I'm so jealous, but also please stay safe. Um, it is, there's a whole lot going on down there. There's a whole lot of, you know, opportunity for, you know, a lot of messy stuff. So stay safe um, and have fun, you know, cause this team is going to be fun. It's going to be fun to, you know, have full capacity or at least, you know, fuller, games with Rockets. I don't know if they'll sell out games that much this year, but, um, you know, I think if you're going to either of those events, stay safe, have fun, enjoy it. If you're, especially if you're going with your family, enjoy that quality time together. Um, but yeah, looking to Friday now, 
you know, we're not an Astros podcast. We won't talk about ALCS game six anymore. I just had to mention it because, you know, that if if they lost tonight, Ray, maybe I would be like Mike. I would be oh. like fuming. Oh, understandable. Um, but, I mean, my team doesn't make the playoffs, but I get it. I understand. Hey, next year. Next I know, year. next year. Next year. It's going to happen. I know we say that every year, but Mariners Astros is going to happen. Ailes, it's going to happen. But anyway, um, we have Oklahoma on the docket for Friday. What is one thing you're looking for, Ray, before Friday? Um, I'd like to see Jalen Green and how he approaches that OKC game because he doesn't have the challenge that he's going to have against Minnesota where it's just going to get out of hand quickly and then all of a sudden like you feel like you have to force everything and all that so I think you know Shea can play like Anthony Edwards and I don't think it will necessarily impact the game as much when it comes to like the final result because we expect him to do that but OKC is not going to have guys that play like Cat and D'Lo and I think that's what the difference is so I just want to see how Jalen Green handles um, a team that's going to be a little bit more his speed a team who's I mean, not really trying to win, to be honest, but yeah, yeah just trying, like, just seeing how he handles that challenge rather than just being thrown into the fire. And it's weird to say that about the Timberwolves, but the way they played, it was certainly throwing him into the they fire. They had the perfect game plan for for the Rockets tonight, yeah. And they they limited Christian Wood, and Christian mm-hmm. Wood, I think, had a lot more to show. He only had 16 points tonight, but he was the team's lead scorer. Uh, I'd like to see more Christian Wood on Friday. Yeah. I think he doesn't have that matchup with Cat. That is, you know, a possible mismatch. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily say that because I do think Christian Wood was able to get some uh, to get some buckets down low. Um, but he's going to have an easier time on Friday uh, against the Thunder's bigs. They're just not as talented as Cat, and they're not as defensively uh, minded as Cat is. Um, so I think get Christian Wood the ball, get Jalen Green the ball, and hopefully we can be talking about a Rockets win on our next episode after Friday. So I think this is a good time to park the rocket ship for now, but thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the dream take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at dream SBN and at the dream take on Twitter. You can also like our Facebook page throughout the season. We're going to be kind of going back and forth from, you know, Facebook with Twitter, with Spotify green room for our episodes. We'll keep you guys posted on where we are going with our live shows after every game this season. And it's going to be some combination of us two with Mike and, you know, with the rest of Rockets, Twitter and Red Nation and all you guys. So if there's someone that you would like for us to, you know, maybe call to get on the show, we'd love to have them. And on Spotify Green Room Nights, we love to you know, engage the audience that's live over there. That's why we do Spotify Green Room. We're able to get that audience interaction. So uh, we're really looking forward to the season. We're really looking forward to uh, sharing this uh, ride with you guys, Red Nation. And we are so thankful that you choose to come on our ride. Uh, You can also follow my co-pilot, Mr. Raymond Lucas on Twitter at at Raymond Lucas Jr. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Renner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. You can also head to thedreamshake.com. Home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. I've got a lot to say, but I think I've got everything out. Anything left to say, Ray? Um, I said it. I said it last time we recorded. Last time we talked, it was my closing thoughts, and it's going to be my closing thoughts again. To quote Aaron Rodgers, relax, because this is just how it's going to go. There's going to be a lot of these nights, and it's unfortunate, but it's also you just got to find the beauty in the struggle, and that's going to be – the Rockets youth, and that's going to be just how they click their chemistry and the strides they make, because hopefully 
after the all-star break, they look a lot better than they did opening night. That's the goal. That's what you're looking for right now. I'm going to relax now because it's now Thursday morning here on the <laughs> East Coast. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been watching Houston Rockets, Houston Astros for the better part of seven hours now. So I'm going to relax. I'm going to go get some food. Uh, and I'm going to relax for the night. Of, and Gotta enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ray, as always, it's a pleasure talking with you. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.